And welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. This week, we're getting baked for the holidays. And joining us in the kitchen, he's Mr. White Christmas, he's Mr. Snow, <laughs> film reviews editor at The Wrap, Alonzo Duraldi. Hi, guys. And of course, also joining us for a holiday episode, he's Mr. Green Christmas, he's Mr. Sun, Dave White. <laughs> if only. <laughs> I hate the sun. He's my enemy. <laughs> and with their powers combined, they are Linoleum Knife, a podcast of the cinema. Dang right. <laughs> and, and big day one fans of this podcast. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're too sweet. Yes. We are so glad to have you back for our traditional holiday episode this time we are here talking about holiday baking. Dave texted me with this amazing magazine with 65 holiday recipes. And I said, I'm going to bake them all. <laughs> so here we are. And you're going to put me on a podcast. <laughs> Try you, everything. You will obey me. And when Dave White yeah. says he'll bake something for you, you show up. So <laughs> we're really excited to taste everything that Dave's baked. Uh, we're going to force them to taste what we baked. But before we chow down, let's check in with what's making us feel cozy this week. Julian, kick us off. What's making you feel cozy this week? Well, yesterday, Matt took me along with his husband on a trip to Los Alamos. It was a belated birthday trip. My birthday September. It's been hard to get together, so we finally got together. And um, we call ourselves the road dogs. <laughs> 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 and so just me in the back seat, and I always feel so safe and cozy when we're in the car together so more than anything else that's where i like to spend my time with matt and his husband in the car we stop at del taco um i try not to make any backseat comments like a mom um because i say the competition between who's a better driver but i have said that his husband is a better driver so try to keep that to myself (laughs) do you fall asleep in the backseat on the way home because that's the coziest thing on earth you know, I was feeling extremely, extremely tired on the way back. And they say that when you feel safe with someone, you, f- you feel tired. Um, you can be feel sleepy. And so I was saying I'm sleepy with Matt all the time because I always feel safe with him. But in the way home, I almost did fall asleep. And when I got home, I threw on um, that movie with Justin Hartley, Noelle Diary. Oh, yeah. Like, I haven't watched it yet. And I fell immediately asleep. No comment on the, the movie <laughs> itself. But just after a lovely day spent with Matt, going to the winery, uh, we went to lunch. We had a few antique shops. I got a cute ornament. It was just the loveliest, coziest day. And nice. um, Matt is my family. It was very nice to <laughs> spend um, a day with him because we haven't done that in a while. Yeah, I'll just piggyback off that. It was a wonderful day with Jillian, also making me feel cozy. You definitely aren't keeping to yourself that you think my husband's a better driver because here we are on a <laughs> podcast talking about it. Putting him on blast yeah. in front of everybody. But I agree. To be fair, I agree. My husband's a very good driver. Um, and it was extremely cozy. I We also stopped by a used bookstore and I got a deal. It was on Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. Huh. And it was a coffee table book centered on the costume designer. I believe her name is Ico. Yes. And... The it was one of those like things that come out like in 1992, along with the movie, never printed again. Right. right. And I love the costumes on the movie. Like I'm just gonna grab this, and it didn't have a price in it. And the guy said 15 bucks, and I said sure. 
And I walk out and I check just to see, is this worth anything? You never know. It felt like I, I noticed inside of it that it actually had Francis Ford Coppola's signature in it. Oh, nice. Sure enough, it was a $400 book. Wow. <laughs> I'm sure some Academy member who lives in Los Alamos like got that in their swag box no, from exactly, Sony that yeah. year and then just ditched it at the used bookstore. It's been sitting there for decades waiting for you. So. <laughs> yep. Del Taco for everyone on Matt. <laughs> can we just, can we, I'm sorry to digress here about Del Taco, but isn't it the best? It's better than Taco Bell. Del Taco is better than Taco Bell. And I will I will die on that hill. Well, it does have more distinct flavors. Like the ingredients are whole in it. And yeah. insofar as I feel like what I like what I like about Taco Bell legitimately is when I want condensed like Mexican food paste. It's yes. like it's right. like space. Future food. food tubes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. We live in Southern California, therefore it is unconscionable to eat at either of those places when every other block, block has a legit taco. Has a great taqueria. Um but sometimes you just want that boring flavor. And Del Taco is the best of those two boring flavors. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. I like the Mexican pizza at Taco Bell, though. <laughs> and we're veg, so we're pescatarians. So that's why El Taco hits the spot for us, Beyond Meat. Boom. Uh, what's making me cozy right now is that we are full on into the Christmas season. And it means that I can indulge all of my Christmas stuff without feeling like a complete weirdo. We are, yeah, we are in your element. It, yeah, yeah. It's like you, you, now you're in my house. Um, literally, not just literally. in his house. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at their bookshelves. It, they are lined with Christmas tree candles and every variation of Santa Claus. There's, I can see some weird-necked Santa that is looks like he needs some medical attention. There's some Japanese Santas. There's it's amazing. There's a cornucopia of holiday decorations surrounding us. It's we like the weirder the weirder the Santa, the better we like. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Because I, you know, I don't, I'm not like constantly, you know, dunking into Christmas, but you know, sometimes in June I will want to put on Sirius XM's mm-hmm. Holiday Traditions channel and just you know enjoy that for a bit. And uh, if my, you know, thankfully I have AC because if the if the windows were ever down in my car and people heard that, I would be kind of mortified. But now, you know, I could just blare that through the neighborhood and no one cares because it's, you know, the season. Exactly. You're spreading Christmas cheer. Exactly. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm cozy in that I, I don't have to hide anything right now. <laughs> Dave, how about you? What's making you feel cozy? Oatmeal. <laughs> you had that ready. We just had this conversation before the mics were turned on about how great is oatmeal. And it turns out it's really great. I, I, I used to be very pure about my oatmeal. I wanted the oatmeal and some milk and some sugar, the end. But then I started eating that terrible Starbucks oatmeal that they get, that they serve. It's very bland. The way it's very bland. It. When my mom was in a nursing home in Dallas, this is like 15 years ago, there was a Starbucks across from the nursing home, and I would go there every morning and get a little bowl, a little paper bowl of oatmeal. And they would give you a little little uh, packet of nuts and a little packet of dried fruits, little like raisins and currants and things. Just, and a little brown sugar. And a little brown sugar, and it would, you would mix it in. <clears throat> and I thought, you know what? These mix-ins are really what's making this, because this oatmeal is not that great. And then I got to the point where I thought, wait a second. If I make good oatmeal at home and mix in even better versions of whatever the hell this is, then it's going to be amazing. So now I've become a full-on 
oatmeal process person where like I want the oatmeal, I want a little pat of butter on top of it. I want some milk or even half and half to to, to make it less, you know, thick. Every variation of cream. I want the chopped nuts. <laughs> I want, you know, chopped up raisins and currants and dried cherries and craisins or chopped good. up prunes, chopped up dates. We have all of that stuff here all the time because it's, you know, well, I'm baking all the time. And I want like sorghum <laughs> drizzled on top of it like it's a whole thing um this is obviously not for people who are eating on the run you must cook this <laughs> chop up your little bits mm-hmm. and put it in but when you do if you like oatmeal this is the 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 king of a bowl of oatmeal to have all that stuff mixed into it Although Dave is rolled and I'm steel cut, but we, you know, we, we're making it work. I like steel I, cut. I needed a musical number to start. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. I like steel cut, but rolled is creamier. Well, now I think we should do an oatmeal episode. <laughs> You're convincing me. I need to try the pistachios too, Alonzo, you recommend. Yes. Pistachios, you can, yeah. you can buy like bags of pistachios out of the shell. They're great in oatmeal. Um, and you can make steel cut in your rice cooker. Oh, there's a porridge setting. Yeah. That is, that's what he does most mornings. Yeah. It's a whole tradition and process and takes time and I think it's part of the coziness. And we work at home so it doesn't matter that it takes time yeah. because <laughs> exactly. Make all the we don't want. have to run off to an office somewhere. So. Oatmeal king. Yeah. <laughs> but I think with steel cut, you can preset it overnight and like, like if it soaks overnight, you, the heating in the morning is pretty quick. Everyone listening right now has just run to the store to get oatmeal. <laughs> They're letting their pats of butter get to room temperature as we speak. <laughs> On the topic of food, listeners, just to describe the scene when Julian and I walked into Dave and Alonzo's apartment, we walk in and immediately there's this incredible display of the most beautiful cookies and cakes, coffee, tea, ready for us. So we're, we're abs- if we're a little slow during this recording, it's because we've just... Well, actually, probably, maybe a little hyper, actually. <laughs> Are you peaking or sugar. crashing? That's the question. I think I'm peaking right now. So if we get tired later. I don't know what I'm feeling. <laughs> Overall, the beauty of all the, of the treats on my plate. So we are going to go through one by one everything that we're sampling here today. And the recipes for all of these items will be shared in our show notes. So if you want to get cracking in the kitchen and bake some of these holiday recipes, they'll be there for you. I'm going to kick it over to our expert baker in residence, Dave, okay. who really went all out. He, he baked cookies and a cake. And so, Dave, whichever one you want to start off with, we can discuss your process making it, why, how you picked it. And we'll talk through the taste because we all have samples here. I will edit out our chewing for our listeners' benefit. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> but we are tasting these things as we talk about them. So. Dave, walk us through your holiday baking. Well, I have to begin with giving a shout out to a man who does not know me and has never met me and who is probably not listening, but his name is Brian Hart Hoffman. And a few years ago, uh, Alonzo watches an untenable number of Hallmark Christmas movies. So when our television is turned on, it immediately goes to the Hallmark Channel. Hallmark used to have this incredibly tedious show called Home and Family. And it was like a like a Good Morning America kind of thing, but just the worst. And it happened to be on one morning, 
And there's this dude on there making a chocolate frangipan bunt cake. And I saw him doing it. And I was like, hey, gay. What's up? And was it the, the frangipan give it away? Watching him do it. Yeah. Watching him do it. I was like, oh, man, I don't know who you are, but I'm going to make this bunt cake. I've never made anything with frangipan before. And so I did it. And then I learned that he had a magazine. It's his magazine. It's called Bake From Scratch. And it has quickly, the moment I learned of its existence, it became not just my favorite baking magazine, but my favorite magazine. (laughs) I want to live inside the pages of Bake From Scratch. So I'm in love with this magazine. Uh, I, I, I am an... I am not an expert. I am a a, a, a deeply amateur uh, baker. An enthusiast. I'm an enthusiast. I'm very enthusiastic. And at this table, an expert. And I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> relatively speaking. So the new issue came, and it it's like it, already again my favorite magazine. But this is the best issue of this magazine that I've ever encountered. It's their holidays in France baking. Ooh la la issue. Every single thing in this issue, all 65, according to the cover, recipes looks amazing. For y'all, today I made two of the things. I made the cookies on the cover and a cake in the pages. And the cookies on the cover are snowflake-shaped apricot uh, raspberry Linzer cookies. So they're like little window pane. You know, the, 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 the jam is in the middle. It's a sandwich cookie shaped like snowflakes. It's dusted on top with powdered sugar. On the cover, they look impeccable and perfect. Uh, my versions have come out a little, you know, wonky and imperfect. That's actually not true. Start over. <laughs> yeah. For the record, they but, look perfect. But also, I learned after making them for the first time yesterday, uh, they're quite delicious. The batter, the dough has lemon extract and lemon zest in it. So there's a slightly lemony flavor to the cookie itself. The jam is a mix of seedless raspberry and uh, apricot preserves that you mix up. And they're fun to make because you get to press them down into little sandwiches, you know? Uh, and, you know, if they're like mine, they the sandwich you know oozes out the side a little bit. And you don't see that on the cover of the magazine. Um, and I, I took a photo this morning for Instagram of all the mistakes and the broken ones and the oozing. And that, those are sitting on the table right now, too. The uh, the destruction uh, cookies. Well, I, I think it's a cliche, but they're, they look too good to eat. I didn't want to eat them. They're, I think they're gorgeous and beautiful. And they look just like the cover to, to me. So um, I'm sure they're going to be a big hit on Instagram for sure. They could be ornaments. That They're yes. that kind of cookie. <laughs> they are just so beautiful. And I love the, the lemon in it. That was my favorite part. That's Honestly, that's what sold me yeah. at the beginning. It was like, oh, the dough, the dough's a little lemony. Great. Because I want lemon everything. I want lemon pasta and lemon cakes and lemon cookies and lemon in my tea. Um, I... Much to Alonzo's chagrin, I have peeled a lemon before and just eaten it. Oh, the um, that's how hardcore I am yeah, about lemon, very hardcore. and I don't do it that often because it'll kill your tooth enamel. But like it, uh, it's the best. Lemons are themselves beautiful, edible things. 
And apricot is not like in my top five fruit flavors, but apricot and raspberry, I think, mix together really well because it, 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 the apricot cuts the sweetness of the raspberry, but the raspberry gives a, 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 a pleasing texture to the, to, the, to the apricot. And then all that on top of a lemon cookie is just like, I think, virtually yeah, So well. light and bright. I loved it. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of sandwiches in general. So mm-hmm. this is almost like a cookie sandwich. Yeah. You have this beautiful jam in the middle of the, this really lemony, delicate cookie. And they look beautiful. They're the, I, I don't know, I guess you, you must have a cookie cutter that does this, right? Or do- I bought a set of snowflake-shaped cookie cutters in various sizes. They mm-hmm. come in a set like that so that you can, you know, bake, choose the size that you want to make. And then the smaller one cuts out in the middle after mm. you roll. After you roll them and cut them, then you, you punch out the middle with another little of snowflake shape. Them. Yeah, of half of them, exactly. They're, they're so delicious and beautiful that they're the, the total package. Well, there's a reason they're on the cover. Because they look, <laughs> they look Christmassy, you know, the little burst of red in the middle, all that stuff. So I'm just pleased that they came out even approximating what they're supposed to look like. And I can attest, one of the things that's great about Bake From Scratch is that they have, I think, a, a variety of recipes for a variety of comfort levels in the kitchen because I have made uh, a poke cake recipe involving oh, that's right. uh, Apple Jack's cereal milk <laughs> that was heaven. Uh, and it was completely at my level and I could do it and it came out really nicely. And I was very happy about it. And like I, like, I might be a little intimidated at some of the stuff that Dave took on today uh, solo, but I've made stuff out of this magazine that I could do as a relatively incompetent baker. <laughs> Incompetency is the name of my game so <laughs> that's good to know there's some recipes for all of us there magazine. are yes yes you don't have to be uh a pro you don't even have to be you know uh a d- dedicated amateur like i am you just have to you have to want to eat it badly enough <laughs> the gorgeous that's magazine. what drives literally that is what drives everything i make whether it's cooking a dinner or baking something do i want to eat it yes Am I going to force my friends to try it too? Yes. Are they going to like it? I don't care. I want to eat it. Moving from these like picture perfect, this picture perfect bake, basically the centerfold of bake from scratch, like just comes out and Dave's drooling. Let's go into Jillian's bake. Jillian, what did you bake for the holidays? And we're going to come back to, I want to save Dave's other recipe because it's incredible. And I want listeners to stick with us (laughs) while Jillian and I (laughs) talk about our our toddler uh, bakes that we did in the kitchen. Jillian, talk, tell us about your cheesecake. Well, for Christmas, my mom would always make an Oreo pie, the one from the mm. box. And so that's what I was going with when I was thinking, okay, what am I going to make for this episode? And I wanted to make it Christmas oriented. So I said, okay, peppermint Oreo pie cheesecake. And I came across this blog called uh, Princess Pinky Girl. And I like that it said no bake. So that was intriguing because when I involve temperatures and all that kind of stuff. That's when things usually go left. Okay, this is safer for me. Um, And all the ingredients are really easy to get. Just Oreos, sour cream, Cool Whip with your Alks is at right after Thanksgiving, so unfortunately I didn't have that. Um, The cocoa powder, just basically all the stuff that you would make into an Oreo pie. And this time I chose the thin Oreos with the the, the green mint filling to mm-hmm. make it extra pepperminty oh, and, and okay. minty. I was afraid it was going to be too overpowering with the mint, but I don't think so, actually. It was yeah. just a hint. And you sprinkle it, of course, with the candy canes, and that's extra pop of 
mint. And since I didn't have the Cool Whip, I just took the whipped cream and I put it into my cheesecake batter. You're supposed to fold the whip into the batter, but since I didn't have it, I was like, okay, I'll put the whipped cream in. But I didn't want to put the whipped cream as a layer. The Cool Whip was supposed to be the layer. But I thought to myself, that would melt into it and that would be very bad. So I'm glad I didn't do that. <laughs> I just put it on top as a squirt um, on top of the, the cake. But I think it, it came out well. I, I, can, I really like the taste of the sour cream. Mm-hmm. I think that pulls it all together. It's a little too chocolatey for my taste. Um, but I think the whip gives it that nice extra lightness. See, the chocolatiness is what I love about it. Really? I, it's such a deep, chocolate, dark chocolatey flavor. That Like the cookie piece of it, too. I love it. It's like a pudding. It's not formed into any recognizable shape, but I'm scooping it up like a. It's delicious though. The yeah, taste is there. I mean, I th- the thing is, like, Cool Whip and whipped cream are sort of chemically different. I mean, in that <laughs> Cool Whip is chemical and whipped cream isn't. But I mean, they have they they don't like uh, stiffen up in the same way. But I would much rather have a like somewhat messy but yummy dessert made with actual whipped cream than a more beautifully formed one made with whatever. They- Cool whip is. Yeah, I should have mentioned that I, after our day trip, I got a little tired. It's like, oh, I'll make this in the morning. And Princess Pinky Girl said you could put it in the freezer for an hour and that would set it. And it really didn't set. And so I apologize for the mess it made on your table. It was quite messy. Uh, no, no worries about that at all. Easily uh, cleaned up and um, it is delicious. Thank you. This thing is delicious. Yes. I appreciate um, that. It it's is... hard for peppermint to overwhelm chocolate, really. Yeah. I think. Mm. It's, it's so it's, nice. It's a good balance. Thank I, you. I love, I love a, 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 a cookie, creamy chocolate mm. pudding-y thing. So if it sets up properly, then it's not going to be that way. But if it doesn't, it's still it's going to be something you can love, lovingly eat with a spoon. And I am... Uh, a fan already oh, so thank you yes. yeah it's always you know coming into the big leagues here it's a little <laughs> nerve-wracking and uh, i ran out of saran wrapper <laughs> really wasn't so beautiful but it's, it's the taste that counts and i i would have this again so i'm glad everyone liked it. it's in that category of so okay so you serve it in a bowl instead of a plate but it still delivers you know thank you yeah i think the peppermint makes it christmasy as afraid it wasn't gonna be christmasy enough but oh no no the candy cane you're, you're there. There you go. So I decided to also, inspired by Dave and his dedication to a magazine, I love supermarket magazines. Like you're, you're in the checkout aisle and, <laughs> yep. you know, all yep. these amazing recipes and the, all these beautiful covers of things you could bake for the holidays. They all promise it's going to be so easy. <laughs> and you look at the recipes and they're like, use all of these tools you don't have. <laughs> but what I liked about, I, so I got Better Homes and Gardens Christmas cookies, let's bake. And what I liked about this was, first of all, it had a really uh, striking candy cane (laughs) design on the front, which Mm -hmm. got my attention. But it also promised some classic recipes that I just, I thought, okay, I'll come back to this. Maybe it won't just collect dust. Going through it, there's a whole like center section about pistachios. Apparently they're hot right now. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's the Grinchy green of the pistachios and Mm -hmm. everyone loves the Grinch now. But they had a bunch of recipes on that. And the easiest one looked like it was the shortbread cookies. And so it's cardamom shortbread mm-hmm. dipped in chocolate sprinkled with pistachios. That's that's the way you make it. Also, there's some pistachio in the dough. 
And it's really simple to make. I didn't realize how simple shortbread was to make. You just, you know, put your flour together with your sugar and you beat in the butter. Beat's the wrong word. You kind of like slice, you just use like a, a, a slicer thing. I, I didn't even, I didn't have the tool they were you, talking about. You cut, you cut the butter into you, it. Yeah, you cut yeah. the butter into it. Yeah. I used in my all my ingenuity a, a potato masher. Is what I decided yeah. to use. I have done that before myself, yeah. and it really does work. Well. It worked, yeah. And it you, took a little longer. No one should ever be ashamed of what they used in a pinch. <laughs> <laughs> it got the job done. A vegetable peeler is very good for like shaving cheese onto oh, a salad. Oh, that's a great tip. Yeah. Yeah. So the, all you do is you once you have your dough ready, you mold it into a ball, and then you pat it down. You can roll mm-hmm. it out as well um, into a five by eight rectangle you cut that into two by one smaller cookies rectangles yep. you separate those by an inch so there's some space while they bake my cookies would not uh make mary berry or paul hollywood happy because they are all uneven no one cookie looks like <laughs> another cookie but i did my best to try to make them as even as possible you bake them for just 20 minutes i actually put mine in a little longer and i think they're a little overbaked for it so listen to the 20 minutes and the recipe and then take them out, let them cool. Then you get your chocolate mixture ready. You put some butter in the chocolate. You you melt it, and it's nice and creamy. And it's cacao, so it's like it's a dark chocolate. Cacao, <laughs> bitter bittersweet. <laughs> you just dip the cookie in the chocolate. Yep. Let that before it dries. Then you sprinkle some ground pistachio over that, and you have these little uh, shortbread cookies, like half dipped in chocolate and the, with little sprinkles of, of pistachio. And they're nice and crumbly, and I thought they, I thought they turned out like they're not disgusting. I would I can finish eating them. <laughs> okay, you're really underselling. Yes, hundred oh, percent. It's the opposite of disgusting. They're delightful. They are delightful. They're very delicious. Delightful. Yeah. Are they more brown than they appear in the issue? They are. You know what? It doesn't matter. Nothing. None of this matters. What matters is are they delicious? A shortbread cookie is automatically already sort of sandy they're not they're kind of like uh, a cousin to the sable which is also that's the word in french that means sandy <laughs> and so like they are like that they're crumbly and buttery and if they're a little browner then they won't they want you to have them in a magazine who cares <laughs> these are astonishingly delicious the cardamom you can taste it in mm-hmm. there which is nice and the chocolate on top of it all uh, like one end this is a dunking cookie. Like, if you don't care if your tea or coffee gets a little uh, pistachio, <laughs> chocolatey, chocolatey, you know, in it, why would you? Like, just it becomes that beautiful, delicious, sweet sludge at the bottom of your cup that you can spoon out and eat at the end. Everything is wonderful here. Jillian's uh, peppermint chocolate uh, dessert and these cookies are beautiful. Yeah, the flavors, I think, work together really well. It's inspiring me to dig out this cardamom chocolate chunk cookie recipe that I've had sitting around because I thought theoretically, ooh, that sounds like a great combo. And now that I'm finally tasting cardamom and chocolate, like, yes. Uh, so, yeah, I, these are these are a hit, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could see myself just popping them in and not even realizing I ate the whole bucket of For cookies. sure. <laughs> well, thank you. That's very sweet. Yeah, I, I, I will say, like, I would definitely do this again, and I think I learned a lot. It was my first time working with shortbread. And I didn't realize how delicate it is in, insofar as like how quickly it does bake. 
and I just need to work on my um, my cutting. <laughs> I'll take a page from Jillian's book. <laughs> I mean, and again, you know, like cookie cutters come in all shapes. You could probably find one that's just right. like a, a two by one. Exactly. Give me chop a... out a bunch of rectangles. <laughs> <laughs> For those of us who can't cut straight, and I think you're right, Alonzo. I I didn't. Until I tried them, I was like, oh, the cardamom's like really coming through. Yeah. And you don't think of that when you're just putting in like a teaspoon of it or whatever. And how could this possibly make a difference? It makes a huge difference. All right. So let's get to the main attraction, Dave. So <laughs> we are enjoying this incredible cake. It is so warm and spicy. Walk us through this bake. Well, again, this is from Bake from Scratch uh, magazine. As I said, it's, a, it's themed like holidays in France and... <laughs> One of the reasons that Brian Hart Hoffman is my gay baking king is because <laughs> he has, ever since I became aware of him in this magazine, I am being introduced to new ingredients that I have not used before. You know, yeah, I'm going to talk trash about home and family, but I kept watching that day because he was there being very, like, you know, warm and energetic and showing me a thing that I wanted to eat. And that frangipan cake was amazing. Yeah, it is. That cake is astonishing. I'll be making it again this Christmas because it is very Christmassy. I don't know if if y'all are into, you know, almond things, marzipan, that kind of thing yes. at Christmas time, but um, that's what this is like. And it's so good. But on to the thing I made today. <laughs> it is a candied chestnut pecan cake and once again i had never eaten a candied chestnut before turns out chestnuts in all kinds of you know iterations chestnut cream roasted chestnuts candied chestnuts and syrup big in france france knows what it's doing I, there's, there's a, I, I follow a French grocery store on Instagram. It's Ina Garten's favorite grocery store in Paris, and it's this enormous gourmet market. And they'll post like recipes uh, in French. I don't know what they're doing. The videos and stuff. And I'm like, I'm gonna go live inside this grocery store <laughs> in 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 France with Le Grand Epicerie or something like that. Anyway, uh, chestnuts. French people, they like them. And now I really like them too. I ordered some on the internet. And because I knew I saw this cake in the middle of the magazine and all these other chestnut based recipes in this issue. And I knew I wanted to make it because it was something brand new to me. We sing about chestnuts in this country, but we don't really eat them that much. No. Like a stuffing right. maybe, but that's about the only time I ever hear anybody really un unloading chestnuts during the holidays. So this cake. Uh, you begin with a, a topping. It's an upside-down cake, uh, and it's meant to be made in a bunt pan or a tube uh, pan. I did not do that today, which was, well, we'll get to that. Um, as, but you, you have a topping, and it's candied chestnuts, chopped up, chopped up pecans, chopped up apple, uh, brown sugar, and an entire stick of melted butter. <laughs> and that becomes your topping. That goes in the bottom of the pan. The cake is actually pretty straightforward. It is flour and uh, sugar and um, nutmeg. Uh, and the liquid that you use uh, when you're alternating your dry and your wet is Greek yogurt. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so that it's a, it's a thick, you know, it's a thick batter. 
The um, so no butter in the actual cake. Oh yeah, there's butter. Oh okay. Yeah, you mm-hmm. cream the butter and the sugar. Oh, gotcha. you know, together, and then you mix the dry with the wet. And, yeah. Um, and then you bake it for like an hour. And um, in the magazine, I saw that the, the what had been used was a tube pan with a flat bottom. And I thought, well, I don't want to use one of my bunt pans with the rounded bottoms because I want everything to stay on top, you know. And so I thought, ah, I'll just use a spring form. And what I what I did need, in fact, was a flat-bottomed tube pan mm-hmm. to do it because it sunk a little bit in the middle. So we've been eating around that part, but the <laughs> but the the, 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 the part we've been eating is completely done, and I gotta say, very delicious. So. One of my favorite cozy activities, shopping for new kitchen items, uh, is is happening. Uh, as soon as y'all leave, I'm going to buy a flat bottom tube pan so that I can make this again before Christmas and force all of uh, my friends to eat it. So, Matt, don't feel bad about the shortbread thing because, again, the first time you make something is always an experiment. It's always the mm-hmm. learning the little niceties and getting the details. So even somebody who is made as many cakes as Dave will encounter something where it's like, oh, okay, that's the thing I've learned now that I shouldn't do next time. As Dory Greenspan always says, you must follow my directions meticulously. You must follow them to the letter. And I I know that. I know that. I know that. I know that. And then this morning I just thought, you know what? It'll be fine. I'll improv <laughs> if I just do it this other way. And it was not exactly because, as we all have seen and can see, it, it it's got a little valley in the middle of it um but the the cake itself is incredible thank you big from scratch yeah, no it's you so, are the most beautiful magazine the the topping it has like such a nice density to it it's a real depth of flavor that is i really enjoy there's like a spiciness to the whole thing that is very festive and it feels like christmas the leftover candied chestnuts are going into my oatmeal this week. <laughs> <laughs> nice call back. it has so much warmth to it too mm-hmm it's, this just has it tastes like coziness. Um, <laughs> I would imagine myself eating it on a nice rainy day with a good cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it. Um, the apples kind of dissolve. I didn't really notice them texturally as I was eating. Them. Yeah, no, they get they get very soft. Yeah. It all becomes very soft on top. Yeah, except it, for the pecans, which well, you can sure, no. crunch into. Yeah, it feels almost spiritually like a cousin of that Ruth Reichel apple. Uh, bun cake that you make a little bit the caramel yeah. applesauce yeah, yeah. Caram- the caramel uh, glazed applesauce cake right which but i think the two of them both feel like they're just incredible bakes for the holidays because as jillian said they bring that warmth mm-hmm. and i think those, those fall and winter spices exactly yeah yeah you're right about like the, the following the recipes of the letter i i do feel like anytime you're encountering a new recipe or trying it out for the first time there's a almost a negotiation of trust, like where you're <laughs> testing it a little bit. Like, is it really a 20 minute bake time? They don't look ready to me. I want to leave it in for five more minutes. And then right. they were right. But I that's part of testing the, the recipe to make sure I can trust it fully um, to see if it really is going to deliver. Because sometimes you do test a recipe and you're like, well, thank goodness I listened to my intuition because sure. they were wrong about, you know, sometimes also the variation of, the way that your oven bakes, it might be a little hot on the hotter end or because there, there are all those elements too. Yeah. Right. Right. And then sometimes Jillian just takes all the liquid out of the mac and cheese. <laughs> yes. I remember. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> 
That was a doozy. <laughs> I love to give you a hard time. Still, scor- still scarred from it. No, I needed. I I should have followed it to a T. I did not. <laughs> I should get twenty years to lay. <laughs> but it was an educational experience for you and your listeners. So you know. <laughs> well, thank you, Dave, for having us over and letting us taste your delicious. Baked goods, these cookies, this, this cake are incredible. Listeners, try it out. The recipes are in the show notes. Um, and if you also want to try Jillian's cheesecake and my um, shortbread cookies, they will also be there as well. Well, while we're digesting, <laughs> it would be a huge missed opportunity to have two professional film critics on the show and not check in about some current Christmas movie fair. Mostly because I'm nosy and I want to know their opinions on some new <laughs> movies. Each of us has a recommendation or at least brought a movie to the table to discuss. That's a new Christmas film coming out this year. I'll, I'll kick it off. So I checked out a Christmas Story Christmas, which is on HBO Max. It is a sequel to the much-beloved A Christmas Story, which is playing nonstop on TNT. They do their 24-hour... <laughs> is TNT still on network? I think it is. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and that 24-hour, you know, on a loop all Christmas Day... And if I'm being totally honest, and, and I hope I don't offend any Christmas Story fans, but I, it took me a long time to ever sit down and watch the whole movie because you just sort of pick up so much of it by osmosis. Sure. And the, the scenes I picked up, you know, while we're baking cookies and it's on cable felt really mean-spirited to me. A lot of them, <laughs> they felt really edgy. And I was like, oh, I don't know how cozy this is. I didn't hate it, but I was a little wary. I did finally sit down and watch the whole movie a couple years ago, and on a, on the whole, I think it's much better than if you dive in for specific like scenes where Santa's kicking a kid's face in, <laughs> not kicking, but kicking him down a slide. Sure. I I liked it enough to want to check in on the sequel, which is also starring the original children from that movie. Peter Billingsley returns as Ralphie, and now he's an adult and he's trying to create the perfect Christmas for his family. He ends up back on Cleveland Street. Back with his family. It's now the 70s. And because um, the original, I think, took place in the 40s. Yeah. And it always it makes me laugh that it's the same director who who directed A Christmas Story as directed Black Christmas. Yep. <laughs> Just like Holiday King, Bob ex- Clark. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what that director does so wonderfully is actually film vintage Christmas decor in the, the lighting that it deserves to be seen in, which is like almost this such a deep darkness <laughs> that the lights can barely shine through, but it feels just, it has like a, a tinseliness to everything that's that really special. Anyway, I digress. In this new one, Ralphie's trying to create a whole new holiday sensation for them so that they can experience what his dad gave him as a child. And I have to say, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very sweet. I laughed a lot. I thought the family had a wonderful dynamic and listeners, I cried by the end. Wow. I really, I, I shed a tear um, at an emotional scene. And I'm, I am skirting around like a heavy plot point that is early and I think it is important to the movie, but I don't know. I don't want to spoil anything. But that that major plot point that happens at the beginning, I think pays off in the end. And that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> I, you know, as you point out, the, the, the original one is, you know, there is a darkness to it. And, and I think that what made it popular in the first place was that it was kind of an anti-nostalgic movie, mm-hmm. at least in terms of, 
you know, we had this sort of gauzy Norman Rockwell version of what Christmas used to be like. And this is more, and, and the first of Christmas stories, like, well, yeah, but then also people were terrible, you know, <laughs> and like kids were greedy and adults were venal and, you know, and, and, but, but it, it does wrap it up at the end and it does give you its own sort of sense of nostalgia. And for me, this sequel, which is like, one of several attempts to do a follow-up, but the first one to actually bring back most of the original cast, keeps referring to the first movie so often. And it was like, oh, could you just create something new? There here? was a lot of fan service. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I think when this movie allows itself to try out new stuff, a lot of it's funny. Like there's a scene where Ralphie and his wife and his mom, who's now played by Julie Hagerty, uh, are like like Carolers showed up show up. Oh, that's and so Ra funny. Ralphie yeah. and his mom were like hiding behind the furniture. Yeah. Oh, maybe they'll go away. And the wife's like, Oh no, Carolers. And they're like, No, get down, get down. Like that's really great. And there are, there's a handful of things that are that are new that I thought really popped. But then we'd get these clips from the movie or audio bites or references or repetitions. And it's like, look, you're never going to supplant a Christmas story, but if you're going to be a sequel, like build onto it and don't just keep circling the runway of the movie we already know by heart. That's a, I th think that's fair. They do add a little too much fan service. And I felt like there were some segments where if you didn't see or appreciate the original, you would be kind of like, okay, <laughs> what am I looking at? I mean, the premise here, it, it, it's funny. It's kind of like Little Women in that it is its own origin story because mm -hmm. the basically... Oh, yeah, it loops in on itself. I kind of I thought that was clever. <laughs> yeah, it culminates in like, yeah. here's how Ralphie sat down and wrote the story from the first movie, you know. Um, but But I think you could do that without having to dwell so much in the house of the first film. Fair enough. I still thought it was sweet, and I, I laughed enough. Absolutely. I cried a little. No, no, no. I, 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 if you're a fan of the first one, I think you'll have a lot of fun with this one. It's great to see the old cast again, and and again, I think it does it does stake out some ground for itself. How about you, Alonzo? Take us on a sleigh ride to a movie <laughs> that you're into this Christmas season. So this is not a particularly cozy movie, but I think it's a really good one. And it is uh, Violent Night, <laughs> which is opening in theaters December 2nd. And it, the basic premise seems to be, what if Die Hard but with Santa? <laughs> uh, so David Harbour plays Santa, who is like likes a drink and is feeling really sort of disillusioned. You know, like people don't believe in him. Kids just want video games everyone's greedy and he's thinking maybe this is the year I pack it in but there is a little girl who still very much believes and when her family is taken hostage uh by criminals led by John Leguizamo um you know and and Santa winds up getting stuck in the middle of it by accident and can't leave uh he sort of gets his Santa mojo back and so it is on the one hand a hard R violent action movie and comedy but also, it is a movie that accommodates a little girl's belief in Santa, and it works, and it shouldn't. Like, like this movie brings so many different kind of flavors together that you think wouldn't mesh, and it does. And and there's, I think, as somebody who's seen a lot of Christmas movies, uh, you know, because it's my job now, um, <laughs> it's so easy to get Santa wrong. Like, there are so many bad movies that deal with Santa Claus. And this one, I think, really 
finds a tone and and carries it all the way through. And I, I was astonished at how just fun it was. So yes, if, if you're squeamish about violence, maybe not for you. But if you, you know, don't mind a violent movie that is also has a sense of humor about itself and that has like legit Christmas feels in it, Violent Night. No, yeah. you, you sold me. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily fit in the confines of our cozy little show, but I do like a holiday horror film. I, I mentioned Black Christmas earlier. I think that's an incredible movie. It is. Mostly for all the sherry that the, the headmistress is hiding all around the house. <laughs> and this is less horror than action, but it's definitely yeah. like it does not hold back on the... Oh, no. I saw the trailer. It looks really bloody. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. So be warned. Um, if, if, you know, that kind of thing makes you squeamish, but I think that sounds really funny and exciting. Yeah. I'm just, I'm amazed they pulled it off because again, I think they're, they, they, it, it, it's, it's a daring mix of tones and they all work. And if you're horny for Santa, well, yeah, David Harbour is dream casting. <laughs> if you if you like him as a grizzled Russian prisoner in uh, in in uh, Black Widow, wait till you see him as Jolly Old Saint yeah. Nick. It's funny how often he plays a grizzled Russian prisoner. He did that in Stranger Things too. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and Santa's not so far away from that. I mean, Man. he's kind of he's kind of a prisoner to all of our wishes. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's yeah. often portrayed as like a Laplander or a Finn. Yeah. So, yeah, Russia's not yeah. too far off. Yeah. David, David Harbour's definitely found his niche. Absolutely. <laughs> and for, for Christmas movie royalty, Beverly D'Angelo plays the, 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 the Mater Familius, the, the, the woman who's being taken hostage, and, of course, you know, from the oh, from I love Christmas her. vacation. That's awesome. Nice. Dave, how about you? What are you tuning into this Christmas? Uh, I just watched Spirited, which was... Uh, released into some theaters in uh, November, early November, and is now on Apple TV+. Plus. It is uh, directed by Sean Anders, who gave the world 2012's That's My Boy. Oof, you're not selling it. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm the last actual film critic in the world who was like, yeah, I thought That's My Boy it was really funny. Actually, um, yeah, uh, Dave has an ankle bracelet on because... <laughs> He's not allowed within 20 feet of, 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 <laughs> of an AMC. <laughs> the, um, uh, so if you know the pedigree of the kind of films that Sean Anders makes, you would be a little maybe wary of this one, but it stars Will Ferrell and uh, Ryan, um, what's his last Reynolds. name? Reynolds. Mr. Blake Lively is what <laughs> I call him. Ryan Reynolds is basically the Ebenezer Scrooge of this movie, except oops, actual Ebenezer Scrooge is in this movie and he is played by Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell is now the ghost of Christmas present and he works for a, uh, supernatural corporation who sends, uh, uh, that sends, uh, the, the three ghosts to visit people who need to be fixed. And they do this every Christmas Eve. And it begins, the film begins with them doing it to uh, Rose Byrne, who plays a mean neighbor lady named Karen, of course. Yeah, we, and, we get it. And, uh, <laughs> and you, see what you see what the setup is and how they do things. And so Will Ferrell wants to retire from the, uh, the Ghost of Christmas Present, wants to retire from the gig. He's been doing it for 200 years. Uh, before he goes, he wants to redeem 
a person whose file in the corporation just says unredeemable, and that's Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds plays a corporate publicity strategist. Media consultant. Whose job is to fix things in a really horrific negative way so that someone wins and someone is crushed in the process. (laughs) Um, And he's about to unleash... uh, a, a horrifying thing on a children's middle school student council election <laughs> uh, for his for his, for uh, his, on niece, his niece's behalf. No. Will Ferrell and the other ghosts they step in and they take him on his on his journey. Um, it is also a musical and it is a big budget, elaborate, lots of dancers, lots of singers, lots of sets. I like a musical that feels like there's been a billion dollars thrown at it, and this one looks like there has been a billion dollars thrown at it. The, the songs are by Pasek and Paul, who did like Greatest Showman and Dear Evan Hansen. And, and that is and my Bruno least Mars favorite musical. part of the film. I'm sorry? <laughs> and the Bruno Mars musical in Smash. Yes. Right, thank you, yes. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and I'm not their biggest fan, frankly, but I, the songs here, I think, for the most part, work. And uh, and, and yeah, the, the, the numbers are big and splashy, and the choreography is next level with a lot of different like everything from pogo sticks to flashlights to puddles like they come up with new ways to stage these numbers it's really great i like the number with jacob marley when he is first introducing himself to ryan reynolds character Mm. that little number that was my favorite (laughs) yeah uh, these uh, i'm with alonzo these guys are not my favorite songwriters uh, other people write songs and maybe some of them could be employed in musicals uh, <laughs> sometime soon other than these guys oh, over and over again. they also did the Christmas Story stage musical. There you go. But the songs are not bad. Um, compared to a movie like The Greatest Showman that I hated, um, these are not terrible songs. They're mm-hmm. funny. The lyrics mm-hmm. to these songs are quite funny. And the arrangements are nice. And the, again, the choreography and the dancing and the setup of everything... There's a lot of work that went into this movie, and it's wonderful to look at. Here's what I really liked about it, and I think I liked it even more than Alonzo. I think Alonzo likes it enough. I, I like it a lot. I, I think it's a, it, it's a bit much by the end. It, it's I, over uh, yeah, it but I'm but you know goes it, off the rails. This, is, this is not a genre for minimalism. You know, <laughs> one of the things I really appreciated about this is that when you have another Christmas Carol remake, what are you gonna do? Don't just give me a new version of Scrooge, like, you know, uh, uh, Tory Spelling or whoever, you know, in the, what was that, Diva's Christmas Carol? Uh, no, no, that, that's Vanessa, Vanessa Williams. Williams. The, uh, a, a Carol Christmas, I yeah. believe, is the uh, Tory Spelling. Don't just give me a new Scrooge with a little updated modern mm-hmm. thing and then everything else, you know, around it is basically the same. What this one does is that it it goes into... What happened to Ebenezer Scrooge after A Christmas Carol? Well, you find out that he died a month later. (laughs) And so it was very easy for him to sustain his goodness for a month. And the plot of this film very explicitly says it's impossible. No matter how much you want to change, no matter how much you are committed to doing good from now on, regardless of how bad you were before. You might just be a normal amount of bad, like every person in this room. You want to be better. Well, how long can you sustain that? Will you slip up someday? Will you be a terrible person on some, as one of the song lyrics goes, some random day in May? (laughs) Will you 
will you keep it going? And the answer is no, you won't. And so one of the reasons that Ebenezer Scrooge, Will Ferrell, the ghost of Christmas present now, wants to try to fix Ryan Reynolds is because he wants to see if an unredeemable person can really go the distance because his file, Ebenezer Scrooge's file in the corporation, before he was fixed by the ghosts, his file was also an unredeemable. And there's a song near the end where Ryan Reynolds is like, nope, it's not going to happen. I'm not changing. I will do this one good thing right now to stop the hideous thing that I'm a, that I set in motion. And I could say that I'll try to be better. But, but I'll rationalize it in a few days. But I'll rationalize mm-hmm. it away in a few days, and then I'll move along, and so will you, and so will you, and so will you. And I've never heard a Christmas Carol, Christmas Carol adaptation state the ugly truth about humanity mm-hmm. in such a way. Because my favorite Christmas Carol adaptation, the 1970 musical version with Albert Finney called Scrooge, ends on such an ecstatic note. It ends with a giant uh, sing-along, dance-along through the streets of London. And by the end of that you know, sequence, you are all choked up and feeling elated. And here's what they do in this movie. They do a parody version of the big street number in Scrooge. If you've never seen the musical version from 1970 with Albert Finney, you won't know that's what they're doing, but they are deeply referencing it throughout this one Streets of London dance number. And it's, I sat there on the couch watching it with Alonzo, and I said, just so you know, I understand what they're doing here. I get what they're doing. We're they're both doing. big fans of the 70s. We are both big fans of that one. Um, so I really appreciated the narrative aspects of this, the understanding, and maybe you needed the director of That's My Boy, which is a film about <laughs> a film about hideous people doing hideous things that still makes me giggle my head off. Um, maybe you needed a filmmaker who understands that people can be absolute garbage and apply it to this story. So I'm into this movie. It's it's. Cool. I also appreciated how uh, Ryan said, you know, I don't want the cliche happy ending. I, you think I want what you want, but I don't. That's yeah. a, that was an interesting thread, too. I also like the, the room of folks or celebrities that they were in the Supernatural <laughs> headquarters and Dolly Parton was one Dolly of them. Dolly Parton, yes. <laughs> oh, that was cute. I, I enjoyed it. I do wish there was like 30 minutes out of the middle. I wish I could just like take take 30 minutes out of the middle and then smush the beginning and end together. And I feel like it would have been a tighter piece. But everything you're saying about its focus on change and can people really change? Mm-hmm. And the numbers are thrilling, actually. They're really amazingly staged. You can, you can tell they put a lot of money into this. Mm. And it's definitely worth checking out. If you have Apple TV+, Plus. turn it on. It's worth your time, I think. I wish it had been in theaters longer so that I, I could have gotten out yeah. to a theater to see it's it. It's crazy how briefly they'll put stuff out yeah. and they're like, well, they're doing that now with Glass Onion where they'll, they'll, it's like blink and you miss it, now it's on Netflix. Well, yeah, yeah. generally speaking, they're only doing it because they want an Oscar qualification. Right. So they'll do like a week in New York or LA. The Glass Onion thing is a bit of a, 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 a departure in that it's the first time that like Netflix has worked with AMC and Regal in the mm-hmm. theaters that normally wouldn't touch their stuff. And so... 
and it, and it's more of a like, hey, it's the holidays. People can go see this, and then it's going to drop on Christmas on Netflix. But yeah, you're right. I, I I luckily got to see Spirited at a press screening and saw it projected, and I would have liked to have seen it again in a theater, but it was barely showing in L.A. The so. musical numbers would really. Like they're great on your TV, but if you could see them on a big screen, yeah, you'd be really pop. overwhelmed by them. Yeah. And if you want a movie, another movie that kind of plays around with the central thesis of a Christmas Carol and the bureaucracy of the ghosts, there's a Hallmark movie this year called Ghosts of Christmas Always, which is not nearly as good as Spirited, but is actually pretty good as Hallmark movies go and plays around with that mythos in an interesting way. Check it out. Wow. Ending with a real classic tour de force. Um, <laughs> Lindsay Lohan uh, starring in Falling for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Netflix. Um, so prior to the release on all the celebrity gossip accounts, so Lindsay's back. Can't wait. You better get ready to see her. She's back in action. She's making her comeback. So I was really excited. Big Lindsay fan. And uh, Lindsay plays Sierra Belmont. She's an Hotel Harris and she is um, taking on her father's ski chalet and he wants her to be the vice president of atmosphere but she doesn't want to and she has a very vapid uh, boyfriend george young playing todd fairchild and i really loved his character but that's a whole nother <laughs> whole nother thing and so they go out to an engagement photo shoot or he's todd's going to propose sorry todd's going to propose to um lindsey's character and well, um, really plays true to the title, Falling for Christmas. Uh, there is an accident, and then she gets amnesia. And I will leave it there. Um, there's a lodge of the North Star Lodge, a competing, or not competing, it's a failing biz uh, lodge. And so um, I don't want to give away the plot, but a court over street plays the love interest, and he's the owner of the lodge. So it all goes, goes from there. Uh, it's very wacky, zany, but also plays to a lot of tropes so Lindsay doesn't have a her care doesn't have a mother and uh, her love interest is also a widow so a lot of those cliches at at play and I wish it really leaned into the zaniness there's an animatronic raccoon that makes an <laughs> appearance um the uh, George Young his character is really funny and weird and strange and I I, I would have loved to see see them team up and see that offshoot rather than the cliche love story that plays out well I, I, Lindsay has a moment with a fitted sheet that reminded <laughs> me that she is one of the great physical comedians of our time uh, and yeah I'm a fan too I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to have her back that, look this is a movie that is designed to sort of do what it says on the mm -hmm. box so of course you're gonna get like the, you know, she's going to bond with the widower's adorable young daughter over the mm -hmm. fact that they both lost their mothers. Of course, you're going to get, you know, the, 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 the being torn between the, like the vapid influencer in her life as a wealthy mm -hmm. person. And then this like salt of the earth B and B thing. But I thought within those constraints, it was really charming. Um, I kind of like the added level of, of, um, uh, a shade that you know remember you know Lindsay and Paris Hilton were best friends for five yes, seconds and had a falling out so the idea of Lindsay playing a vapid hotel heiress was like oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there is an elevator wardrobe relieve a reveal that made me gay gasp <laughs> oh those glass Gucci sunglasses red and green <laughs> stunning that the costumes were amazing sure it says fuchsia snowsuit at one point then yeah. when they're getting engaged oh my <laughs> the costumes were top notch and Lindsay was in rare form when she was in her, her finest I'll just say that 
the costumes are great, except for however they keep dressing the mother, uh, sorry, the mother-in-law of the North Star Lodge, Court Overstreet's mother-in-law. Every time she appears on screen, it's in a wackier ensemble. It, 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 she's not a character. You're not necessarily looking at her clothes. But then all of a sudden she'll come into a scene to have some emotional moment. And she's wearing these like insane gingham pants and like <laughs> a weird red bib on with like a green, a green sweater. And it's we get it. It's festive. But this woman would not be wearing this. Sorry. Not, not to rain on the clothes parade, but not everyone got the Lindsay treatment in this film. Yeah. I, anyway, I, I I had fun with it. In it, it, it is you know as, as I've, I've said before, like Netflix has their Christmas movies that are either sort of too naughty for Hallmark, you know your your holidays and your your love hearts, and then the ones that are just sort of like Hallmark but a little pricier with a better cast, and that's what this is. And on if you're going in for something Hallmarky. This is, I think, a good version mm-hmm. of that. And and Lindsay Lohan and Cordover Street, bring it. Yeah, I think Lindsay's back. You heard her here first. <laughs> here to stay. I, I, I want her to be back. Like, I, I, it has just kind of broken my heart that she's had these life issues to deal with because she's so enormously talented. I think that, like, I, I, there, was a, there was a stretch there where every time Emma Stone was in a movie, I thought, this was supposed to be a Lindsay Lohan movie, wasn't it? Could have been and her sister is actually in the movie as well. She plays Bianca, the the stylist. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, okay. yes. Um, Long Allie? Island, yeah, Ali, Eliana, yeah. and I believe her brother. When in, in the opening credits, there he's one of the valet. Oh, funny. Yeah, family Fun. movie, through and through. And uh, directed by, uh, I know one of the producers was um, Michael Lembeck, who was, before he all time, he was uh, in a <laughs> Captain Cool and the Cog. It was a fake band that was on a Sid and Marty Croft show. Uh, and then he was you also. You have to be old and gay to know these things. <laughs> but he was on like. Time to eat your oatmeal all on Zone. I know. And I you, know. Are, you are <laughs> in that house. And then right he, now. he did like soaps for a while, I think. And then he's directed a bunch. Like he directed Connie and Carla, the Nia Vardalos drag oh, queen okay. comedy. And he's directed a lot of Hallmark movies and now he produced this one and his wife directed it so families on both sides of the camera also Jack Wagner I forgot to mention him yes. <laughs> he had a very a very brief appearance in it he was just back and forth but he does have the funniest blooper scene on the closing credits <laughs> <laughs> I missed the bloopers I have to check that out it's, it's hard to be mad at a movie that sometimes it just feels like any kind of random Hallmark style Netflix movie it's like I'm down for it yeah why not put it on as long as you know that's what you're going Exactly. For, yeah. And I think we all do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think we, we gave folks a ton to do. Get to work. Get in the kitchen. Put on one of these movies while you're baking. You um, and let the festivities begin. Thank you so much, Dave and Alonzo, for joining us for our annual holiday tradition. Uh, it wouldn't be Christmas if we didn't do this episode. So thank you. <laughs> are we going to talk about this candle? We do. So over? before we go, okay, cool, we, we are reviewing. I was like, wait a second. We're not talking about candles? Oh, no. So <laughs> All right. we, we brought over. Don't um, frighten me that a, way. Actually, so we reviewed a candle from this company before. It is um, by... One last glass candles, and but we picked a holiday scent when we were in Los Alamos together, and so this is called Parade of Lights, and it's supposed to evoke sailboats, cold breezes, and hot drinks with a scent of smoked orange peel, ginger, and clove. And I was, I, I liked the citrus bent because citrus is a an important scent in the holidays. Mm-hmm. Think about sticking cloves in an orange. There you yeah, go. Yeah, this yeah. is supposed to be that, right? It's um, hand poured in Santa Barbara, California. 100% organic soy wax, so we can rest assured. <laughs> no bees were harmed. 12 ounces of Harbor Fun. 
And so it smells really good when you put your nose up to it and like you open the lid and you're like, wow, it's such a, you get the clove and the citrus, it's, it's giving you that festive scent. And it, is it just me or am I getting no throw whatsoever from this? Uh, yeah, I'm the furthest from it. So I thought maybe it was just me, but I mean, I'm getting like the slightest hint of orange, but not. I'm getting a little and I know why. Yeah. It's overpowered right now by the smell of that cake. It might be. I think uh, so because, because I'm cake, all I'm smelling are yeah. delicious sweet baked goods. Yeah. The cake came out of the oven about an hour before y'all showed up mm-hmm. and it has permeated this entire apartment with the smell of, you know, baked candied chestnuts and other nutty warm things and it's overpowering the candle. Mm. But the candle is lovely and it it is a soft uh, fragrance. It's not real hard. It's not. It's not like one of those glade candles. It's not going to no. immediately. It's know. not going to knock you over when mm-hmm. you walk into the room. It's just going to smell something in the air, and you're going to be like, "Hmm, that's nice. That smells very. Again, it smells very citrusy." Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I love this candle. Yeah, I I, I, I like I like the promise of it. I think we do have to test it. It's not a fair assessment when it's battling all these baked goods. Maybe the lesson is don't even buy candles. Just bake. Peppermint is very powerful, too, because that's all I can smell right yep. now. Mm, yep, it did. Now, if I may, uh, if you'll indulge me, there are a couple of other holiday candles that people might want to check out mm. because we have them in our home right now, and we are big fans of them. Uh, there's one uh, that's called um, Portable Xmas Tree <laughs> from a company called DS and Durga, D-U-R-G-A, um, and it's... It smells just like a tree, and it's really cool. It's got a cool packaging, this sort of like uh, sort of soft pink glass, and, you know, a fun sort of, you know, uh, uh, very design-forward, you know, label on it, and it smells great. It's um, less expensive than the other one that I'm going to talk about. Uh, if you ever go into really fancy department stores and you see the Joe Malone candles... Okay, so this year the, the, there's a limited Joe Malone candle called Pine and Eucalyptus, and I was like, mm-hmm. I'm getting it. I don't care if it's expensive, <laughs> and and I did, and it is stunning. It is uh, a perfect mix of pine and eucalyptus fragrances mm-hmm. in one candle, and it comes in this little frosty white glass, um, and I've already given one to a, a family member, uh, for Christmas and the ours is sitting right over there. It's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, are y'all aware of Sir Candleman on Instagram? No, oh, y'all should have him on the Sir show. Candleman. Okay, first of all, he lives oh. here in town, is my understanding. Um, there's a dude on TikTok, and he's also on Instagram. He calls himself Sir Candleman, mm-hmm. and Regal. he does candle reviews, and he's a delight. He is funny and smart, and he knows his thing, and he is so good at this that um the candle company uh lord de seraphine has put out a limited uh candle of his own design called soft life it's completely sold out you can't get it but i think they're gonna make more of them nordstrom has them um but yeah if if you can find i i like i said i think he does live in los angeles because when i was in candle delirium a few weeks ago, which is in our neighborhood, um, I asked the woman, I said, okay, Sir Candleman says these two candles are great. Do you have them? She goes, no, they're sold out. She goes, because he has perfect taste and people listen to him and they come in and they sell out. Whatever he says to go get, 
we sell out of it. And so, um, and she goes, and he was just in here last week. So I guess that means he lives in Los Angeles. Ooh. So he ought to be a guest on yeah, this show sometime because he has no idea who I am. Very much like my gay baking king, Brian Hart Hoffman. People who don't know me at all, I'm just out here to rep for them as Dave much stands. as I possibly can. Yeah, we will charter a royal jet for Sir Candleman. <laughs> um, the all candle episode. That's right. <laughs> One big review. <laughs> Well, thanks again for joining us. It would not be the holidays without you. Well, thank you. And wishing a happy holiday, obviously, to, to all your listeners. And, uh, you know, keep it all cozy in there, y'all. Yeah, well, well, how can you keep us cozy? <laughs> Where can people keep up with your podcasts and your books? There's so much amazing Christmas coziness. Well, Tell us what, uh, what Dave and I co-host the uh, the Linoleum Knife podcast, uh, which is available wherever, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. And we have a Patreon at patreon.com. And we've been doing it for... Knife. 12, 12 years. <laughs> yeah, we just had our 12th Congratulations. anniversary. Yep. You can read my stuff at The Wrap, and if you're interested in my Christmas scholarship, uh, I'm the author of Have Yourself a Movie Little Christmas and the co-author uh, with the guys from the Deck the Hallmark podcast of I'll Be Home for Christmas Movies, and those are both still available wherever you get your books. Um, you can also hear me on the podcasts Breakfast All Day and Maximum Film, as well as Deck the Hallmark. And... Um, for as long as there's a Twitter, you can follow me there at A Duralde, A D U R A L D E. And you can follow Dave on Instagram at D Leland White. And you can follow our Christmas account on Instagram at D X A X Tree, uh, where we have not only our tree stuff and our ornaments, but also all the things that Matt just described as being on the shelves and, and all kinds you of things. You know you want to see Weird Next Santa. Oh, yeah. And Go the, follow the, that account. The, the Santa who is a snow globe with another Santa in his belly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, the weirder and the weirder the Santa, the more we like it. If 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 I can post a weird Santa on the DXAX tree account and someone doesn't say that's unsettling, then I haven't done my job. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, what is that um, Total Recall character? Is like a Krato Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the neck just bounces up and down because of course, why wouldn't you want to see Santa do that? <laughs> <laughs> and you can uh, keep up with us. We have our accounts, all our, our social media accounts. We're at All Things Cozy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And we also have Patreon if you're, if you're wanting to support the show. You know, it, it would be a nice uh, holiday gift floating that out there. You know, if that's not in the cards, also leave us a review. We always appreciate it. You can leave us a review at five stars, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, or you can go on Spotify. Um, everything counts and helps. And Does anyone ever give you less than five stars? Yes, they do. Oh, uh-huh. I'm going to have them killed. <laughs> if you're listening to this show right now, you don't give them a five star. It's review, okay. Not everyone's I'm ready to be cozy. <laughs> But yeah, so again, thank you both for joining us. This is always a pleasure and a delicious one at that. I'm so full, full of joy and full of baked goods. (laughs) Full of love. That's right. And yeah, so wishing our listeners a very happy holiday. Merry Christmas. We will be back in your ears in the new year. Until then, stay cozy. cozy.